The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and search the whole wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot Add up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Saturday, June 5th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you. We're ready to break down the Saturday uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoff card. Uh, two games on tap, two pivotal games, really. Two turning point games in both of these series. We've got uh, Carolina-Tampa Bay game four with Tampa Bay up 2-1. And the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders game four at Nassau Coliseum with the Bruins up 2-1. Uh, in that series. We'll break both of those games down from a betting perspective in just a minute. But as we always do to begin the show, we'll look back on the two games last night. We'll start with Montreal and Winnipeg and the uh, Canadians continue this red hot resurgent run of theirs. That is now five consecutive playoff victories for them dating back to game five of the first round against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they have found their game, ladies and gentlemen. They are now a factor in the play in, in the Stanley Cup chase. Right now, Montreal. They are. They have gotten to themselves where they're they're in contender mode. They are in the, that that discussion now. They're still going to have an uphill battle if they beat Winnipeg. And I know some people in the chat are already saying it's over, it's done for the Winnipeg Jets. But if they beat Winnipeg, and they look, if they go on to play Colorado, that's who they play, the West Division champ uh, in the final four, the semifinals, they'd be a decisive underdog, and they, it would be an uphill battle. Uh, against and it would probably be an uphill battle for them even against Vegas you know if the Golden Knights were to come back and win this series but uh, when you got Carey Price playing the way he is when you've got that top four blue liners playing steady sound defensive hockey in their own zone you know Shea Weber was Mr. Turnover and Gaff with the puck much of the regular season you haven't seen those mistakes from Weber here uh, in the playoffs he's been good with the puck he's been managing it well it's been a good position defensively uh that whole team has defended extremely well they collapse to the front of the net they try to make life easier 
for Carey Price. And when the shot and the puck does get to him, he's making the save and he's making a bunch of great saves so far uh, in these playoffs for the Habs. And unlike early in the playoffs, they're now getting various different players, you know, contributing. Obviously, they only needed uh, last night the uh, Tyler Toffoli goal uh, in that game uh, to get the victory. But, you know, we've seen Kutkanyemi. We've seen uh, the old uh, the old veterans like Perry and Stahl score for them. We've seen, like I say, Kutkanyemi and uh, Suzuki step up to score big goals for Montreal. They're getting that balance in their lineup and contributing offensively. And meanwhile, they're just their penalty kills rock solid. They're uh, finding ways to keep uh, Winnipeg out from those key scoring areas. And the odd times they have gotten that inside position, the Jets, in this series, much like Toronto found out, you know, in the final couple games of that series, Carey Price is there uh, to seal uh, the door shut one more time. So, look, Montreal is going to – and I know Alex was talking off the air with me before the show that it was a bo- it was a boring game. We can't sugarcoat it. That was not one of the more scintillating playoff games you'll ever see. Uh, last night uh, with the Habs and the Jets, but that's the kind of hockey that's going to win for Montreal the rest of the way. It's simple as that. They can't go up and down the ice with hardly any of these teams that are remaining because they'll lose that battle over and over and over again. They've got to be responsible defensively, try to play to win the lower scoring game, let Carey Price do the rest, get timely goals. That's their recipe for success here in the playoffs, and they're following that recipe quite well, and it's uh, providing a very nice a tasty meal right now, if you will, for the Montreal Canadiens, that recipe, it's working. Uh, And now they're up two nothing and the Jets really up against it. And they're now in that same position Vegas was in last night. Got to win the next game or else there really isn't much of a series left here. Uh, Alex thoughts last night, Habs and Jets. Yeah, like like you mentioned it, you know, I said it uh, before the air, we went on air that, yeah, this game was not uh, a fun one to watch, but like I said, Montreal did what they need to do uh, to get the win. And like I said, this this is the style that they have to play moving forward against anybody that uh, they face uh, if they want to continue to advance in this postseason. Uh, you know, Carey Price has been sensational. Like I said, I talked about it. This is now two postseasons in a row where we've seen him step up and steal games uh, when his club needed it the most. Uh, and he's going to have to keep doing that because, like I said, the offensive chances are, haven't shown up too much for uh, the Habs, but also the fact that, you know, they're facing a good goalie on the other end in, in Hellebuck as well. So, you know, we said this was going to be a tight, you know, low scoring series. I was hoping that game would go into overtime because I have that prop uh, three or more overtimes in this series. Uh, and, and I think that still has some life to it. But uh, now it's going to be really tough, you know, uphill sledding definitely for the Jets uh, heading to Montreal down two games to nothing here. Uh, you know, but goals are, are coming at a premium. Uh, like I said, we're just going to you know continue to see more goaltending battles between these two clubs. No question about that. It's going to be tight. You know, you got two good goalies. I thought Connor Hellebuck was terrific last night. Deserved a better fate. It was about. I don't think he was all that sharp in Game One, especially early. I didn't like the Suzuki goal that went in on him. He didn't have his pad next to the post, but boy, he bounced back. And look, uh, unfortunately, you got to get some goals. You got to get some run support, if you will. You know, if you're going to win a game like that, and unfortunately, that did not arrive. Uh, for Connor Hellebuck last night. So the Jets, they need to go find a way to win in Montreal uh, if they're going to stay alive uh, in this series. Speaking of staying alive in a series, the Vegas Golden Knights did that, and they did it emphatically uh, last night against the Colorado Avalanche. And don't be fooled by the fact they were trailing 1-0 in the third period at one point, uh, or or, sorry, 2-1, I should say, uh, in the third period of that game uh, last night. It was complete and control and domination by the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's now five straight periods where Colorado has gone from this invincible team 
to this this mortal team. You know, they are. They're all of a sudden, they, you, you can beat them. You could argue Vegas should have beat them in game two because they carried the play to Colorado in the second and the third period. The penalty was called uh, in overtime uh, against the uh, Golden Knights for the slash on uh, the stick uh, and, and uh, power play, Ranton scores, and that was the game two win when Vegas probably deserved a better fate and they deserved to win that game. And then last night, it was more of the same, really. I mean, it was Vegas controlling the play, Colorado scrambling in their defensive zone like I've not seen in weeks, if not months. Colorado has had this repeated um, mantra of just dominating puck possession, just not allowing the other team to have the puck a whole lot. And as a result, they're not getting a whole lot of opportunities to find those scoring chances and hem the Colorado team in their own zone. But that has changed the last two games. You look at the stats last night. In terms of expected goal margin for this game, 4.51 for the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's essentially they're telling you that's the goals they should have scored. They should have scored almost five goals last night. Of course, they end up with three and they win the game, but they could add a lot more. 4.51 to 2.15. That is it. And you don't, when you see an expected goals margin more than two goals in favor of one team, that tells you it was dominance statistically in that game. And that's exactly what it was for Vegas. And you now look at a series where, yeah, Colorado's up 2-1, and they're still in a position where if they go win game four uh, on Sunday night, they're, they have a great chance to end this series and close it out. But you are alarmed if you're an Avalanche fan with the way this series has turned the last two games. And you have not been very impressed with you know just how thoroughly you've been outplayed. You're used to having the puck. You haven't had the puck a whole lot uh, these last five periods of hockey. And if I'm Jared Bednar, I would have done exactly the same thing he did after last night's game. It was time to crack some skulls. It was time to give his team a wake-up call. He hasn't had to resort to that. Hell, he'd been such a great team for so long. But now's the time. This is now two games in a row where it's been very, very lackluster. It's been, look, you've been absolutely outplayed. You've been absolutely dominated. Puck possession, offensive zone time, shots, high danger chances, everything for the last five periods. And you have barely been able to get any sort of resistance to Vegas and any sort of offensive thrust yourself. And look, it was a bad night for the top line. And they don't have many. But uh, it is Jared Bednar basically saying, you know what, Our the only player that really gave us a great effort tonight was Philip Grubauer. You know, which he did. I mean, he was beyond brilliant uh, in that game. The only goals were banked in goal off, off him from Marcia so and a deflection goal uh, by Pacioretty. He couldn't have done anything about uh, either of those two goals last night uh, for the, and then of the one, one goal earlier in the game, he probably couldn't have done a whole lot uh, about that one either. Uh, so it was an unbelievable night in that for uh, Philip Grubauer. But you're right. There was nothing going on from anybody else. The depth forwards didn't show up. I didn't see anything of consequence from Burakovsky, Donskoy, Comfort, Jost. Uh, you know, none of those guys did much in that game. And even the top line was quiet. And Jared Bednar said, I can't let this go on. And I think for Colorado, Alex, it's a product of we've been winning and we've been winning and we've been winning. And we won game two because, you know, and we got away with it. Yet somehow, some way we thought, hey, we played well in game two, even though we won that game. And I think they came into this game just a little lackadaisical thinking, Hey, we've still won game two. We didn't play good. We'll just slide on the ice here in game three in Vegas and we'll be fine. And they didn't put in the work because they got outworked completely by the Vegas golden Knights last night. So this is a good, you know, snap this team back to attention moment by Jared Bednar last night to say, 
Our top line stunk. Look at the stats. Look at our top line compared to theirs. It wasn't even close, is what he said. Uh, so he uh, and I've never seen Bednar that angry, that agitated uh, after a, after a game before. And he's usually calm, very you know, he's got a very very dull t- tone of voice when he talks. But he was agitated. He was not happy last night with that effort from Colorado. And that's now two games and five periods of pretty weak effort compared to what Vegas has been delivering in this series. So it was a it was done deliberately by the coach to wake up his team, a wake up call. Let's get back to Colorado A game because we haven't seen Colorado A game for the last five periods of this series. And if it continues this way and we don't see Colorado's A game, you're welcoming Vegas to walk right through that door and take this series because Vegas ain't chopped liver. I mean, there's people I think that got a little too cocky and arrogant with Colorado saying they're just too good. Vegas is not chopped liver. They're a really good hockey team. They're a very good hockey team. I think people forgot that. And I think the Colorado Avalanche players forgot that thinking this is just going to be a cakewalk. We're just going to walk right through this team and through this series. No, not when you put don't put in the work, not when you're going to win, not, not when you're not going to win battles. And we have seen them losing battles all over the ice in the last five periods. And that was a deliberate rant by Jared Bednar after that loss last night to try to wake up his team before it's too late. Because again, if the malaise continues for another game and you go back to Colorado, a 2-2, and Vegas has even more momentum, that's when this series gets scary for the Avalanche. So very interested to see how Colorado uh, comes out in game four after getting a very rare tirade from their head coach after last night's loss. Alex, uh, what are your thoughts on game three last night, Colorado-Vegas? Yeah, well, it was a solid effort by Vegas, and I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself because I said at the beginning of the series that uh, I thought Colorado would win the first two at home and then they would lose game three going to Vegas. But what scared me off of it, I only played the first period last night, which thankfully that just was a push, didn't lose that. But uh, what scared me off of that was the fact that Vegas had played so well you know, in the like in game two in those later periods, like you mentioned, and to go and lose an OT after you know, uh, uh, you know that penalty, I could I thought maybe okay, their mindset could be a bit shot. We did all we could and still end up losing. Uh, and the fact that, like I said, Colorado didn't play that good of a game in, in that game, but but got away with the win. So I was wondering, you know, where Vegas's mindset would be. Uh, and then after that scoreless first period, I still was kind of on the fence of, ah, well, okay, you know, Colorado might just turn it on at any given moment. We saw them score back and forth and uh, early in the second. And then it was just, like you said, all Vegas the rest of the way, 43 shots. Uh, kudos to Philip Grubauer, like I said, you know, he had a hell of a performance despite the loss with 40 saves. Uh, and, you know, I, Colorado fans shouldn't freak out too much, except Bednar addressed it saying that we need to play better. That, that's, you know, like I said, that, that's good for him to do that uh, and, and get get his team back focused. But, you know, like I said, this is the toughest series, uh, you know, Colorado has had, you know, all year. This has been a, a battle throughout the regular season. And, uh, you know, for anybody that, that, to think that this is going to be a cakewalk for Colorado, despite how well they played in the last series, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit absurd. You know, they, they were going to have a tough, te- a tough test and a tough battle in this series. But I still think they're in great shape. Uh, like I said, if they can find a way to win here and go home 3-1, I think that might just be all about it. Uh, you know, Vegas plays much better at home than they do. Uh, on the road, it seems, and, and going back home for Colorado with the altitude, with the crowd, that's going to be a, a big boost for them. So they've got to win game four and try to wrap this thing up as quickly as possible. Like you see, this is 2-2. you got a brand-new series, and, and anything can happen at that point. So uh, I do think we'll see Colorado make the necessary adjustments going into game four. Yeah, we will see. And, again, uh, that was a very rare uh, display of being very, very upset with his team uh, from Jared Bednar. We'll have to see if that indeed provides – 
the wake-up call that he is hoping it does for his team uh, going into a game four. That'll be an interesting thing to uh, monitor and see what kind of start, especially the Avalanche have uh, the next time out uh, in game four, which will be uh, Sunday night. All right, let's turn to Saturday's action. We've got, uh, note the start time of the first game here. It's Carolina-Tampa Bay, game four, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific uh, at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. Uh, we've got uh, Tampa Bay minus 160 to minus 165 here. Home favorites, total five and a half, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, we were on the BetCast uh, Thursday night uh, during game three uh, of this series, uh, sweating out Carolina. Uh, we bet the draw live, which was nice, and we ended up cashing both. So that was a good game. The way it worked out, the draw came in live in game, draw bet, as well as Carolina in overtime. With the uh, well, we thought on air it was Sebastian Ajo uh, that scored that goal, uh, but really it was Jordan Stolt getting credit for it, tipping it in, getting a stick on it uh, to win that game in overtime for the Hurricanes. So now they're back in the series, but they've got to find a way to also win this game here uh, tonight as well because they don't want to go down three one either out of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but Carolina, uh, give them credit; they found some offense. Look, three goals is a breakthrough in this series for them. Uh, the way they had been uh, lacking to score goals in the first two games of it. Uh, Peter Morozik, you've got to give Rod Brindamore a lot of credit for making that goalie change, and Peter Morozik delivered. You know, he made his coach look good because he was terrific in that game for the uh, Hurricanes. Obviously, he's back in between the pipes today, this afternoon, in game four. Um, I do have a small little bet on Carolina. I'm not as I'm not as convinced they win today as I was in game three because you know Tampa Bay's been good. And bouncing back, it is that that's been their role. That's been their thing, Tampa Bay, for years now. They lose the last game, you know they'll play better uh, the next time out. I am just small on Carolina here at plus one forty-five. Really, that's about it. I mean, I, I've pretty much given up on overs in this series. There is a five out there at Heritage. I might put a little on that actually if I can find a five uh, over the total. We almost got there in game. Uh, uh, in game three to the over finally for the first time in this series, but it still stayed under with a three to two uh, Carolina win. So again, I would say if you, if you can only find a five and a half, don't bet it. If there are, if you can find one of the, a couple of those books that still have a five right now posted with the total in this game, then I might consider uh, a little bit of a small bet here uh, in this one. Uh, but you know, Tampa Bay will be uh, a little bit better here in this game. The one bet that I really do like, actually, this is the one that I'll make official is the one that I like the most here uh, in this game. You know, I've mentioned this type of bet before uh, on this show. I'll mention it again right now, the draw double chance bet. You can, can't always bet it at every single book, but you can bet it in, in certain ones. And you could bet Carolina Hurricanes draw double chance minus 135. Got to lay a little price there, but I like that. I like that because, again, if Carolina wins in regulation, I cash. If Carolina wins in overtime, I cash. And if Tampa Bay wins in overtime, I cash. That is what I like about that. Only Tampa Bay in regulation makes that a losing bet. So I like that. Three out of four possibilities. I've done this. I've actually done it before with Carolina, specifically betting that here in the playoffs. That's what I'm probably going to go with as my main play, my biggest bet, my official play, if you will, in this game. Carolina Hurricanes, draw double chance, minus 135. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Game four, Carolina-Tampa. Yeah, that's a solid option to go with. I, I'm just going to stick with the regulation draw here. I got it at plus 315. Uh, shop around for it. And here's another thing, too. I wanted to mention this on the BetCast the other night, but I didn't. If you're looking now at, at some of these matchups, you will see the discrepancy once again between 
Will a game go to overtime? Yes, no, or the regulation draw? Uh, I've seen a 20 to 30 cent price change between the yes, no prop of overtime or regulation draw. They're the same thing, but for some reason, the books will will have them priced differently. Uh, we hadn't seen that during the regular season, but but for some reason now in the playoffs, that's bouncing up again. So definitely ch- check to make sure which one gives you the better return. Uh, more than likely, it'll be the regulation draw. And that's what I like here. These are two teams, like I said, we're not seeing a ton of offense. Uh, and both teams, like I said, they're playing sound hockey defensively. But I also mentioned it before that, you know, they respect each other's offense. They know they can't afford to make mistakes and, and, and you know, uh, let up with turnovers and odd man rushes. So we're not seeing a lot of chances. They're being more conservative with their own offense uh, for the sake of, of not turning the puck over. So it's going to be a low scoring game. I'm not going to go with the total just because we might see some goals early, even though we haven't yet. Uh, I know a lot of people like the first period under in this spot. Uh, but these are two teams that they could score early and then things could taper off late and still cash in under. So I'm staying away from the total, uh, staying off to the side. I'm just going to go with the regulation draw plus 315. Yeah, the injuries are the same ones. Uh, people asking in the chat the injuries for the Kings. It's Anita Ryder and Trocek. Uh, They're both going to be out again today. I don't think Trocek's coming back. It actually could return as the latest update from Brindamore, but not a sure thing, uh, Trocek. So keep an eye on that. Uh, he, he has not totally been ruled out yet. Warren Fogle in doubt as well. Uh, and he's a key, you know, depth player. He's been good, good on that third line. So they could be a little bit short-handed. But again, Fogle is not ruled out for sure yet. Neither is Vincent Trocek. The only one that's out for good today is Nita Ryder. Nita Ryder's out for the series. He's not coming back uh, in this series. But Trocek is a game-time call. And same with Warren Fogle. Uh, for the Hurricanes. He's also uh, a game time call. And look, if those two guys are out as well, it just means we need Aho to be big again. We need Jordan Stahl to be big again. We need Tara Vinen to step up here. Marty Natchez, uh, who had a good series in the first round. Uh, that's who's got to get it done because you know Tampa Bay's pushing back strong. And by the way, for those interested, the Tampa Bay draw double chance option, the price on that, minus 320. Uh, <laughs> minus 320 with that. So that's the other, that's the other, uh, flip of the coin uh that's the other side of it tampa bay in overtime tampa bay in regulation uh or carolina in overtime that that would all three of those would cash but you got to lay minus 320 you know if you like the tampa bay draw double chance uh, option big difference with carolina draw double chance it's minus 135 and that's what i like i think carolina's in this game and could push it to overtime uh and uh, again tampa could win in regulation which means i lose it but I think there's a chance we could at least get this one into 60, beyond 60 minutes. And Alex agrees because he likes the uh, draw uh, in this game. Uh, Boston Bruins, New York Islanders, the second game today. Uh, Bruins up two games to one in the series, game four for the uh, uh, in this one, and obviously pivotal for the Islanders. Uh, Bruins minus 150, road favorites, total five again uh, across the board. I'm going to go back over the total one more time here in this game uh, in terms of that, with that total being five. We did get a low-scoring game. We did get a bunch of chances, though, and we did get Semyon Varlamov playing unbelievably well for most of that game. Boston had damn near 40 shots, so it was a 2-1 game on the scoreboard. Could have been more than that uh, in terms of uh, the actual goals that went in, but the goaltending was great. Uh, You're going to have the same matchup, obviously, Varlamov. Even in the loss, going back to him, Barry Trotz, not going back to Sorokin here. He is sticking with uh, Semyon Varlamov in net. Of course, Tuka Rask for the uh, Bruins here uh, in this one. Look, this has that makings of just a back-and-forth, back-and-forth series. That's just the way I see it. The, and, and look, we talked about how the Bruins have been very good, not losing back-to-back playoff games. So have the Islanders. 
you know, the Islanders in that exact same situation, you know, where they have been able to uh, avoid losing back-to-back games here in the playoffs. And I think you're going to get them now at home, knowing that, hey, we go back to Boston down 3-1, we're in trouble. The fact that they got badly outplayed, they got whooped, you know, in terms of danger chances, offensive zone time, all of those key stats in game two, in game uh, three, we were on the bet cast during that game. Bruins dominated. They deserved to win. It would have been a travesty for the Bruins if they had lost that game. They, they, they deserved the victory with the way they played. The fact that the Islanders played that poorly, Alex, and the game went to overtime still, that's probably good for them, you know, because they probably feel we can play a lot better than that, uh, that we did in game three. And if we do, we're going to have a good chance. And look, you can't sugarcoat it. He may not play. He got injured. We saw he took a hit into the boards. He was dazed and confused. You could tell down on the ice. But the Brandon Carlo injury is significant for the Boston Bruins on that blue line. He may not play. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. And look, he's an all-situations defenseman. Penalty kill, power play, five-on-five. He's blocked, a, like in terms of shot-blocking leaders for the Bruins, Brandon Carlo has to be at or near the top of that list. He has been a brick wall in terms of just, you know, sacrificing uh, himself and just blocking a ton of shots throughout these playoffs. That is a huge loss on that blue line, a big hole to fill if he doesn't play tonight for the Boston Bruins. It looks like he isn't. I'm just reading it now. Yes, uh, he is out, confirmed out tonight. So it looks like it'll be Jared Tenorti, who doesn't skate as well. He'll give you the physical element. He'll block some shots too, but he doesn't give you that skating stride that Carlo does. And again, now you're putting him in it and he's going to have to play some minutes. So, you know, that's a little bit of an interesting uh, uh, conundrum here for the Bruins, but they will miss Brandon Carlo with the way he's played here uh, in these playoffs. At this price, I'm on the Islanders as well at plus uh, 130. It's just one of those spots here where it's a back and forth series. I think it's going seven. You know, maybe this is one of those series where it just goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You just hold serve. And we get this thing to game seven in Boston. And there's the Bruins winning in game seven at home, which would be perfect for me as someone that liked Boston in seven and the series to go seven. So uh, definitely this is one of those games where even if I didn't bet the Islanders tonight in this game, which I am going to do, I'd probably want the Islanders to win because I've got the Boston in seven and the series to go seven, you know, in my pocket. And if the Islanders don't win tonight, those two bets take a huge hit, you know, in terms of the chance to cash them. So I'm hoping for the Islanders to win tonight. They haven't lost two in a row. I think they'll play a lot better. And they've been a respond to adversity team all playoffs. They really are. And uh, I think they will one more time here. So I like the Islanders as a home dog at a nice plus price. And I'm also liking over five here, minus 120 uh, in this game. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Bruins and Islanders. Yeah, like I said, I, I've you know kind of felt this right from the beginning of the series. It was going to be a zigzag series, and that's exactly what we've seen. Bruins won game one in game three. Isles won game two. So I'm going with the Isles uh, plus 130 here in game four. You know, obviously they're dynamite at home, 21, four and three uh, Nassau Coliseum, and now they have you know full capacity. Uh, it's just been absolutely electric, and we saw them you know bounce back from a bad game three and win game four in the last series against Pittsburgh. So this is definitely uh, a make or break spot here. Obviously you do not want to go down three, one uh, heading back to Boston for game five, but uh, I think this is going to definitely be, we're seeing Barzal finally uh, chip in offensively that, that top line starting to, to, to get motivated a little bit. And like you said, the loss of Brandon Carlo, that's uh, I think bigger than most people realize uh, for the Bruins on that blue line. So uh, I think that this Islander team will be able to take advantage because it was a close game 
uh, last game. They had, you know, ample chances and opportunities. And I wouldn't talk anybody out of the over either. I mean, you're only laying a dollar fifteen for a five. Uh, that, that's a, a reasonable price. So uh, lean with the over, but I'm definitely on uh, the Islanders' money line tonight. That is great news for the Islanders that Matthew Barzell got off the fr- freaking schneid finally because this has been a disappointing playoffs for him. And we know he's a talented player. He had that bad turnover, you know, earlier in the game. We saw it that led to the uh, Craig Smith goal uh, for the Bruins, but he made up for it uh, big time with the tying goal. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough. It pushed the game to overtime, but the Bruins ended up, of course, getting the Brad Marchand goal uh, in overtime. I might sprinkle on Barzell plus 260 today. I think I will. Usually when you get off the schneid, you get a goal finally. Sometimes that opens the floodgates a little bit. You get a little confidence back. You're not gripping the stick quite as much when you get those chances, when you finally see one go in the net like Barzell did the other night. So I think a Barzell goal score prop in this game, plus 260, that's not a bad option in my opinion uh, either. Uh, you could see him uh, be able to find the back of the net a little bit. I'm also going to be betting Pajot again. Pajot had a million chances the other night again. And in terms of expected goal charts for game three, Pajot was up there in terms of the most expected goals from Islander players in game three the other night. So, And you can bet him plus 425 to score a goal at some places. That is a terrific price uh, right there on him to uh, score a goal. And there was one other thing I was going to uh, mention here uh, about uh, this game as well. Oh, yeah, this might be a game, too, because I remember that. You mentioned that, Alex, how they lost game three to Pittsburgh, and then they bounced back at home in game four, and it was a Saturday game or a weekend game. I remember it well. And they took put the boots to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think they pulled away in the third period, won 4 nothing or something like that. So for that reason, you can bet the Islanders' puck line minus 1.5 plus 350. You know, maybe this game gets away from the Bruins just a little bit because if you're Islanders, this is go all out. You know, you don't hold anything in the tank tonight. You got to get this. You can't go down 3-1 back to Boston. So uh, a little sprinkle on the Islanders at plus 350 laying minus one and a half goals. Uh, I might do that as well. I know it's been a pretty close series, pretty tight, you know, to this point. A lot of close games, but uh, I could see maybe the Islanders maybe getting a two or more goal spread you know, at some point here uh, in this game. So that plus 350 is a kind of a tr- a kind of appealing in my mind uh, for the Islanders with the, the uh, puck line. Great stuff, Alex. Uh, that is the Saturday uh, NHL card. Uh, we will get to best bets in just a second. Before we do, a reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. We've got the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, MLB on a daily basis. Tons going on. Great time to try out DraftKings. When you download the app and sign up for an account, you'll get deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives, bet boosts as well, and a whole lot more. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets. Uh, Alex, uh, Saturday best bet, what do you like? Let's go with the Hurricanes and Lightning to go in the overtime, but the regulation draw, excuse me, not to go to overtime, regulation draw. Make sure to make, to make that no, that notification. Plus 315. Uh, I'm looking at a, a one shop now. It is, like I said, it's a 40 cent di- price difference between yes, no on the OT prop and regulation draw. So regulation draw between Carolina and Tampa, uh, plus 315. That's my best bet for tonight. Regulation draw plus 315, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet. That is going to be, I'm going to go with the Islander side, plus 130 in this one. Instead of the over this time, I like the over too, but I'll go with the Islander side. I feel a little bit better there about that. Uh, plus 130 is the price, home underdog. Like I say, back and forth series. I like the Bruins in the series. I like the Bruins uh, in seven, as I mentioned, in the series to go seven. But 
Uh, I like the Islanders in this spot. And like I say, I, I, I've seen we've seen enough body of work last year, two years ago, this year in the playoffs from the New York Islanders that when they fall short the previous game, they really are a lot better, especially when they play at home uh, and they're coming off a loss. That's the situation here. Uh, and again, Brandon Carlo being out an impact absence uh, for the Boston Bruins. The Islanders, it's an empty the tank game. We throw everything we can at the Bruins and see where it gets us. I think it's got a good chance to get them uh, to the win column tonight. New York Islanders plus 130 uh, against the Boston Bruins. That'll be my best bet for this Saturday uh, Stanley Cup playoff slate. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back with you tomorrow for another edition of the show. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.